This week on Moms Moving On. The first step is really to shift your mindset, right? There, there's, I think, a specific rule that I have with all new clients, which is we are going to be wildly optimistic about taking small steps and considering those small steps to be very big wins. These are, when I say small steps, it depends on where you are in the process. A small step may be, I'm getting out of bed before 10 a.m. tomorrow, or I'm putting on makeup and going for a walk, you know, whatever it is, right? Like there's really small things that we try to do. And I think a lot of times we don't, women don't give themselves credit. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everyone, to another Moms Moving On. It's me, Michelle, and I am just here gloating in all of the love you've sent my way since our Dr. Shafali episode. That was truly a moving an unbelievable experience for me because she has been one of my idols since forever. Um, I had to pinch myself, I had chills and I was trying not to geek out. But here we are again, speaking to somebody I love. Her name is Andrea and she's got this whole mentality that has drawn me in because she's all about happily better after, not happily ever after, but better after. And I friggin' love it. Andrea, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So give us like the background, who you are, what you do. You are also a divorce coach, which I love. Absolutely. Yes. So my name is Andrea Javer. I am a Chicago-based divorce and career coach. So I actually spent the first 20 years of my career climbing the corporate ladder. I didn't know anything about coaching. I, you know, I, I was really successful in my career, but at home, I actually went through not one, but sadly two marriages and divorces by the time I was 40 years old. And what I realized is I'm actually not only really good at the corporate stuff, I'm really good at transitioning and helping to, you know, helping other people find opportunity um, in challenges. So I'm very proud of the way that I worked through both of my divorces and very proud of sort of what I've accomplished on the other end of it. You know, we could talk all about it. It's um, my second marriage included three stepchildren. So I, I still have a loving relationship with them. And there's so much to unpack there. But I realized that, yeah, <laughs> but I realized that I wanted to help other women. And specifically, you know, I focus a lot on professional women who are making big changes in their life. A lot of times that's divorce. And a lot of times it's career, right? Or it's something related to job fulfillment. So what I've done is really focused, and I want to focus the next 20 years of my career um, outside of sort of the corporate, you know, traditional corporate space uh, as an entrepreneur, helping other women get through challenging times and finding their, you know, their better after story. Well, this conversation comes at a great time because I know for so many women, you know, I, I, I like to say last year was the year of contemplating. This was the year of taking action. People are moving on. But one of the questions I get most is, Michelle, I haven't worked in years, or I don't even know what I'm good at anymore. Or I finished, I didn't finish college before we got married because my husband was in medical school, or whatever the case may be. There is always this stress about how I'm going to make it on my own and how I get myself back into the workforce. We're all intimidated by the younger girls, you know. Um, and so, <laughs> so there's a lot of that. Is that what you're finding and dealing with? 
Well, it's amazing you bring this up. I mean, first of all, if you're if you're facing a divorce and you're thinking, I'm not sure what to do with my professional life, the first thing I'll tell you is you are so not alone. There are so many women who face this exact question. And to your point, Michelle, I think the pandemic last year, the year of contemplation, you're right, has really put a finer point on the need to evaluate what I think like what really makes us happy, what really like, what's my purpose? What am I doing here? How do I want to live my life day to day? I think we do have an opportunity, each of us, to redefine that, whether or not we're going through divorce, but certainly with a big family change like divorce, it's the perfect time to reevaluate what it is you do from your quote nine to five, you know, and, yeah. and whether or not that makes you happy. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up when my parents got divorced. My mom, my mom was an immigrant and hadn't worked yet in this country aside from helping my dad out in this in his office. And things fell apart and she had to get a job. And I remember just thinking how brave I thought she was because she went into an industry she knew nothing about. She worked her way up. She started like doing data entry a few days a week, a few hours a week, and then was running a whole department 10, 12 years later. And Whenever I speak to women on whether or not they can do that, I have to use my mom as an example because the odds were stacked against her big time, especially with the language barrier. And she did it. But start, like being at the bottom of that like pile of shit and saying, how am I going to climb this? It's very hard to do on your own without the help of somebody like you. So how are you helping women through that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it is really hard to do on your own because sometimes I think we're too close to ourselves to really see what value we bring to the world. And I think especially when you've been like devastated by a divorce and a huge loss in your identity, it's really hard to get back in touch with yourself. Like, I think I, I'm sure you hear this too. It's what I work on day in and day out with my clients. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I hear this every single day. I built my life within his, I don't know who I am except for a wife and a mother I, I don't have any value to bring to the world or I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure how people see me, right? So I think it is the work of, you know, really a lot of introspection, but also I think a lot of collaborative work to go into getting, digging deeper into not only think like not only what kind of work would you like to do, but it's actually getting into what are you good at inherently? And think about something like problem solving, like being a creative problem solver, I don't know a single mom who isn't a creative problem solver, right? right? Mom in general. Right. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, well, any mom, exactly. Like it's, we're here to for. me, <laughs> well, exactly. You know, so to me, you know, I think each of us have such interesting individual strengths that we may not know how to package up and put together on a resume or, you know, articulate clearly. And that's really the help of any career coach can, uh, any good career coach can help you do that. Right. Which is looking at the things that you love doing, the things that you're good at, and then figuring out how do you articulate that in a really succinct way so that you can attract potential employers or start your own thing. Right. Like, the, you know, we live in this world now where you don't have to take the traditional path. There's so much opportunity to build, you know, financial independence and wealth on your own in this world too, with online businesses and things like that. So, you know, to me, it's like, you first have to really figure out what it is you're good at, what you want to do. And kind of, as you think about it, break free from the construct of thinking, well, this isn't a job I've ever heard of, you know, right? Like, so it's almost like you create the job that you want, but you have to do it outside of the construct of, 
a job that you know of, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense because I think it's, it all comes down to, well, it, it all starts with getting to know yourself again. And, and that, that's the work that I do where women are like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I like. And I'm like, well, what makes you feel like you? Because part of the moving on process, regardless of whether or not you're going to get a job again, is getting back in touch with yourself so you can focus inward because you've been focusing outward for so long. And that's a really hard thing for women to do. Really, really difficult thing because a lot of times there's fear. If I look inward, am I going to be scared of what I find? Most often, yes, because we all have work yes. to do, right? I, I, mm -hmm. I was the ultimate example of like, everything in there was toxic, had to come out. And the other part of it is like, you know, you, you're, you grow up and you're told be a, a doctor, teacher, lawyer, or just stay home and have babies. There are no other options. But then you like, you're watching this movie of, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, where she like went and did yoga for a year, for, for months in India. And you're like, I think that's what I want to do. But society tells you, you can't do that because that's weird right. or that's not the norm. And so that's where I'm finding women struggling. It's between, I've been out of touch with myself for so long and what does society expect of me? Oh my gosh. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I think on the second piece of it, what does society expect of me? I mean, listen, we can write our own rules, ladies. Like there is no, there is, there should be nothing holding us back from what we really want to do in this world. And if you want to go retreat to India and do yoga for six months, like let's talk, let's talk to your financial planner and figure out how to make that happen. Right. And I, I know that, I, I mean, that's, a, it's, it's an example, right. But it, you know, to me, I, I worked in a very secure, traditional W-2 income with benefits kind of job for the first 20 years of my career, right? I had, I didn't really know that there were other options in terms of, I mean, I knew there were other options, but I didn't know that there were other secure ways of sort of putting myself out there in an authentic way as an entrepreneur that could give me such happiness, right? That could tap into my strengths in a really unique way. And it takes a lot of courage. And, and I think to your point, Michelle, I don't think you can effectively put yourself out there and be super successful if you're not also simultaneously doing that internal work to get back in touch with yourself, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like you. I mean, when I went through my second divorce, it was, I mean, I was in a, in a personal excavation process of my own behaviors, my ideals of what I thought, you know, I wanted in life and my role in all of it right? I really wanted to identify as I was a stepmom. We were trying to have more kids, right? I, I wanted the husband, the house, the, you know, sort of the, that lifestyle. And it was, you know, it took a lot to, I think, get on, get underneath all of that and figure out what I can bring to this world. That's actually much more fulfilling than this idyllic picture and what society may expect of me. Did you have that that thought process or that moment between divorce one and divorce two, or it really came after divorce two? You know, it's, it's a great question. I mean, so I got divorced 10 years apart, right? So I got married in my late twenties. We were not married long. It, he, you know, he was like, we were forever. We had all the same friends in common. Everybody was getting married. We kind of thought that was the next step. So I would say, while it was extremely devastating at the time, because it was sort of like my hopes, dreams were, were crashing down around me. It wasn't until I was married to someone, my ex-husband, Matt, you know, this, my second husband who had three children that I think all of it got really real, right? Like I, I realized that while the things I wanted to go after were 
it was very, I was very well-intentioned, right? I wanted to be a really good parental role model to them. And I think I was, I think, it, and, and actually I'm, I'm now friends with their mom. So, you know, the two of us get along really well. And through that, the whole process of, of um, my ex and I breaking up, the constant has been that they have two, um, you know, really strong women in their lives. And now they have their dad as well after some mental illness challenges. But I don't think that I realized really how, I think disconnected I got from myself in that marriage until it was almost time for the divorce, right? Like it, it was really hard, I think, to be in that, in a, it's hard to be in a toxic, unhealthy relationship and see yourself clearly yeah. in my experience. Oh my God. You are either the worst version of yourself in a relationship or the best version. And in the relationships that don't work out, we tend to be the worst versions of ourselves. I had that issue too. I remember doing... I had a radio show once a week and it would require me driving an hour north once a week to get to this station. And that hour of the week was the best hour of my week. I would play the music that I liked that my ex-husband didn't like to listen to in the car. I would talk to my friends back home in New York. It was the only hour of a week where I felt like me. And I'm like, man, this is kind of a problem. It is. It's like the, I remember being in, um, in the marriage and thinking, oh, I wish I could take the long way home, right? Yeah. Like I was, right? Like I was sort of almost in some ways subconsciously avoiding being home with him because it was bad, right? And I I, I think I think we know, we know when things are bad, but we don't, if we can't really pinpoint why and you're scared about the outcome of divorce, it's really difficult, I think, to actually focus on healthy next steps because- you said, I don't know. I felt really trapped in that marriage. I, I especially felt trapped because I'd already been divorced. I was in my, you know, mid to late thirties. And I thought I can't be divorced twice before I'm 40 years old. I, you know, no way I, I'll stay in this marriage forever because I can't live with that shame. I can't live with that, the, that name, right? Like, Oh, two divorces. I become sort of a caricature in my own mind of someone who has failed. And it, it just couldn't be further from the truth now that I've lived through it. Third time's a charm, my friend. Are you married for a third time? No, I'm married for a second. No. But I'll tell you, my mom was divorced from my dad. Then mm -hmm. she fell madly in love with her divorce attorney. It was very sex in the city. Um, oh my God. Marlette and so Harry. Sex in the city. And he became my stepdad, basically my dad, because I don't have a relationship with my dad. And he passed when I was 23. And it was awful. My mom was only 48, very beautiful and just to see her crushed for the second time was heartbreaking, but now she is remarried with the ultimate person for her. And I truly believe all things for a reason and, and your third will yeah. be the lucky charm, but we, we digress. Um, let's, get, <laughs> let's get back to the ladies we're trying to help here. And for the ladies listening, yeah. I know that if you are, you know, on the brink of either leaving or you've left and you're really now just focused on getting back out there and doing what's right for you. Can you explain a little bit about what your process looks like? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think first and foremost, especially if we're talking about moving on emotionally or we're talking about getting really specific with career, the first step is really to shift your mindset, right? There, there's, I think, a specific rule that I have with all new clients, which is we are going to be wildly optimistic about taking small steps and considering those small steps to be very big wins. 
These are, when I say small steps, it depends on where you are in the process. A small step may be I'm getting out of bed before 10 a.m. tomorrow, or I'm putting on makeup and going for a walk, you know, whatever it is, right? Like there's really small things that we try to do. And I think a lot of times we don't, women don't give themselves credit. We don't give ourselves credit for taking small action. We think, oh, well, every, like there's so many people doing better than me out there in the world when really it's all relative, right? Do what's best for you in a given day and figure out how to get out there, right? Figure out how to shift your energy day to day inside of your mind, inside of the home you're living in with your kids part-time now, or with, you know, whatever your, your family situation is. And just remember that every single day is an opportunity to take a little step forward. So that's number one is, is really having that. I think the mindset shift, small steps equal big wins. You know, the second piece to me is actively trying to manifest positive energy. And that's something, you know, there are some clients I've worked with who have said, until I was working with you, I didn't really know anything about manifesting. And, you know, I have heroes out there like Oprah and Brene Brown and, you know, people and Gabby Bernstein and, you know, people who talk about this all the time. And it's funny to me because I'm thinking, you know, I have, I have a client and she said, well, I've never heard of Brene Brown. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a great opportunity for me to show you some of the, some of my heroes and mentors who are out there, who I think are incredible with the work they do. But the point of manifesting, I think to me, whether you feel like you're an expert at manifesting or you don't even really know what it is, there are really small things you can do again, small steps. Uh, there are small things you can do to put intention out into the world. And you may not even know what that intention is, right? It may just be like, I'll do, I I love, I have um, post-its everywhere. Like literally my different colors, right? I'm holding these up right now, like different colors. I have big and small, right? And I love post-its because I will, I do this, um, I do this exercise with a lot of my clients. If I could show you my window here, I have different colors of post-its for things I'm trying to manifest and things I'm trying to let go. And basically I'll write something down on the post-it that I'm trying to manifest and I stick it in my window. And the reason I started doing this, I like the idea of the sunlight kind of coming in through the window. I like the sort of just the feeling that that's happening, right? That there's some energy shift going on. And I put it in a specific window where there's a beautiful oak tree outside and you can see the sky. It's just, you know, it's a really pretty, a really pretty outlook there. And so on my one color, I'm doing manifesting and my other color, it's things I'm trying to shed or let go of. And so oftentimes I write something really general like fear, right? I'm trying to let go of fear. Other times I'll write something much more specific. Like I'm afraid I'm going to fail on Michelle's podcast, right? Like, or whatever, you know, you showed up. You already won. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, but right for, I mean, you know, just as examples. And I think what the manifesting helps people to do is start to realize what's important and what's important over time. Right. I change out my post-its every few weeks. I just, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, I put them in the window because I can see them, right. It's, it's a window I walk by. So I'll oftentimes look and think, okay, do I still want to manifest that? Or is there something more important? Let me tweak that. So, you know, for, for anybody going through a big transition in life, it's, I think it's helpful to start writing things down so that you can start getting back in touch with where your energy is going and kind of where your mind is. Right. So there's a whole thing for me about following energy, 
and just letting the universe, and, and I don't care if you're religious or not, you don't have to be super churchy. You don't have to be anything other than someone who believes in some higher power that's happening, right? You can call it your grandma in heaven. You can call it the universe, God, whatever, but your higher power being, you know, omniscient and omnipotent, somebody, you know, some power that can bring into your life, what you're here to learn, what you're here to do, what you're here to feel. Right. And I mean, here on this earth. So I think there's a, a step that I take with a lot of clients on actively writing down what you're trying to manifest and what you're trying to let go of. I'm preaching to the choir, my friend, because everyone who listens to me knows me and will read my book knows that journaling was the process that brought me back to myself and where I made promises to myself and where I let things go. And it was one of the most therapeutic and helpful things I've ever done for myself ever. And so keep preaching because I know, I know the power of writing things down. I mean, you, you know, right. You know, because you've lived through it and you've helped so many women to find sort of the next chapter, right. You've got to write, you've got to write the next chapter of your story now, now that you have, you have a, a, a blank piece of paper in front of you. And that can really scare people. You know, as a writer, it scares me. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know where to go. I don't know my one next step. And that's where some of these small things you can do. And the process I, I take clients through includes the mindset shift of taking small steps. It includes manifesting work and really starting to write things down. And then I also think for divorce, one of the most common themes I've heard from everyone, I, almost everyone I've worked with and myself included is this idea of forgiveness. And it's interesting. I'll tell you a quick story about my own experience with forgiveness. I was in therapy as I was going through both my divorces and my therapist said to me, you know, my, my second husband did deplorable things. I mean, anyone who knew what he did would tell you it was against the very institution of marriage, cheating, lying, stealing, all that stuff wrapped up in some mental illness, right? Which is no small thing. We could, that's a, I mean, it's a huge, um, a huge factor in the behavior that happened there. But what was really fascinating to me is as I, I, I thought, okay, well, I really need to forgive him so that I can move on. And I, you know, I read all the books on forgiveness and I, you know, dug deep into all that and spent a lot of time journaling, spent a lot of time trying to let go. And I really struggled with it. And my therapist said to me, okay, I want you to go get a candle. She's like, get one of those like tall, skinny candles that burns for a long time. She's like, every single day, I want you to light the candle and just state an intention. I want to forgive Matt, right? She's like, whatever your intention is that day. And so, and she said, I want you to do this every day. And I'm like, for how long? <laughs> She's like, until you need another candle. And I'm like, okay, like this sucks. I don't want to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So I, the first few days I would light the candle and I would just say, she's crazy, right? My therapist is crazy. This is a waste of time, but I would light it. And then I'd let it burn for like five minutes and then I'd blow it out and move on with my day. And I did, I committed to doing that every day because it, again, consistency is a big thing with any recovery tactic as you probably know. So I kept lighting the candle. And for the first few days, all I said was my therapist is insane. This is a waste of time. And then I started to pray for forgiveness and I started to say, you know, and to me, it's God. So I said, God, please help me forgive him. You know, and I'd light it, let it burn, you know, blow it out, walk away. I was on my third candle. So I don't know how many months went by. It was several months went by. And I had this incredibly moving experience, very spiritual. 
as I lit the candle, what I realized was I was not seeking forgiveness for my ex-husband. I was seeking forgiveness for myself. I put myself in that marriage. I chose him. I knew he had the potential for mental health issues with his history. And there were red flags that I ignored. And that process of lighting that candle and really seeking forgiveness for him led to forgiveness for myself. And so I tell the story because it's what's important, I think, for a lot of women going through divorce, there's so much guilt, right? There's so much shame and guilt that comes with, and by the way, obviously, I don't think those two things are interchangeable. You know, there's there's guilt and shame that I think you need to unpack and realize that you didn't do everything right, no matter what happened in your marriage, you did have a role in it but you can forgive yourself and you can move forward. And that is a beautiful thing. You know, that forgiveness, that spirit and that experience, you will take that with you to your next relationship and you will be stronger in every relationship in your life because of that, in my opinion. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at Soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. I have this weird relationship with the idea of forgiveness. I think a lot of it is very self-serving. It has nothing to do about the other person. You know, you some things that people do are, are unforgivable and that's okay, right? It's us who has to choose to be okay and walk away from it. And so I think you summed it up beautifully because you know, I don't expect to be forgiven for some of the things I've done in my life because maybe they're unforgivable. And and for the same reason, I I love my ex-husband as a whole and as a father, but I will not forgive some of the things he did that helped, you know, 
dig our marriage further into a hole. So I think it's all very self-serving and it all depends on where you are emotionally and where you're willing to take yourself and 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 you you somehow beautifully I'd hire you as my yeah. coach well likewise <laughs> I, no I just like the idea of manifestation I think we're very much in line manifesting what it is you want and where you want to be writing it down really sort of taking the energy and channeling channeling it into something positive these are all the things that we should be doing every day not just when we're leaving a marriage but um, I, I, I love your whole thing, girlfriend. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I have, I have a mentor. Her name is Jen Gottlieb and she's a, she's a PR professional. She's, she's been on TV for a long time and I've, I've taken a bunch of her classes and I'm in her mastermind. One of the things I love that she says is she's like, you have to live your life as though you already have the things you're trying to get. Right. So she was talking about feeling like it was taking a long time for her to find love in her life. And she said, I got myself ready. I got myself ready. I was in good physical shape, emotional shape, mental, spiritual. Like I got myself ready. And she said, she's like, I would walk around New York city and I would picture myself holding hands with somebody and walking around the city, you know, with somebody who I really was my equal, my partner, someone who I loved spending time with. And she said, I actively thought about that for a long time. And then she met Chris Winfield, her now fiance. And they actually yeah, they're in business together. They, they're actually great. Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. I love them. They own a company called Super Connector Media. I only mention it because I love her mentality. She's a mindset expert and a coach. And what I love is her mentality on manifestation is like start living the life that you're trying to build. Like just already live in that future state of abundance. And you will be amazed. The universe will send you exactly what it is you're looking for. That that was essentially my posted experience. I went for, and I write about this in my book in sort of a funny way because I am not, I was not typically the person who would seek out an energy healer. But one of the girls that worked for me said, Michelle, I'm telling you, you have to go to her. I'm sending you, I'll pay for it. She's amazing. So I go and I'm driving like two hours away from my house to like central Florida to some woman's home I don't know. And she lays me down and does all this like reiki <laughs> and my energy, yeah. my chakras. And then at the end, she hands me, hands me a pad of paper. It was like one of those large stickies with a Sharpie. And she said, I want you to write everything it is you want for yourself. Like as, spoken as if you already have it, very similar. And I want you to stick that note on your bathroom mirror. So I did. And a lot of that was a loving, fulfilling marriage with someone who I feel is my partner. I want a New York yeah. best-selling book. I want to be speaking in, in front of audiences. And most of that has come true so far. And I, I kept that on my bathroom mirror for a few years up until my current husband and I moved in together. And now it's hiding somewhere in my closet because it's still very important to me. So yeah. again, I, I share in the power yeah. of that and, and the intention behind the things that you do and the thought and, and the words we put out there and all of it coming true. It matters, right? It matters. Putting intention into the world and the words we, you know, speaking something out loud, saying, I want a loving and fulfilling relationship. Like just saying that out loud, like, you know, hey, dear God, dear universe, bring that to me in whatever form it comes. I'm open. I'm ready. I believed it was going to happen. I think that was also the difference. Like I knew I was not ready for my first marriage uh, emotionally. I had too much that needed to be healed. And so I didn't get a fair shot and I was ready for like my my real deal marriage, but, um, back to like career and, <laughs> and moving yeah. on after divorce, the same can be said for where you want to see yourself professionally or yeah. back out in the world, regardless of a relationship after a divorce. Don't you think? 
Uh, totally. And I think it's really important to understand how others see you. Here, here's a really great exercise I put, I have my clients do. Well, there's two of them. Um, I'll talk about first um, getting feedback from others. So there's a really simple thing you can do, which is it's a little embarrassing for some people, but I, I really push people to do this, especially with their career. Ask three to five people who don't know each other. Like, don't ask your three girlfriends who are all friends with each other. Ask different people in your life, maybe one of your parents, a cousin, a sibling, a friend. Ask them, what are my unique strengths? Like, what do I do uniquely that others don't do? So I did this exercise when I was thinking about leaving corporate America and starting my own business. What was really amazing to me, I thought everybody would say the same thing. And they did, but they didn't say what I thought they would say. So what everyone said to me, all five people, I asked five people and I said, I'm sorry, this is a little embarrassing. I'm not trying to just lift myself up. I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm really trying to understand how the world sees me, right? And they all said the same thing, which is you love bringing people together. You're a connector. And I'm like, well, I know I'm extroverted and I know I'm really good at networking, but a connector, like that word came up, I think four out of the five times. And then the fifth person said something very similar. And I thought, well, that's so interesting. I never, without doing the exercise, I wouldn't have really known that that's how people see me. So what happens when you get that feedback is you start to realize that you have attributes and strengths that are completely outside of the way you see yourself. Like, right, we all carry self-limiting fears and beliefs and, you know, that's just part of the human experience, I think. So I think it's our work. The first exercise with career after divorce is first understand how the world sees you, understand how a few people close in your life see your unique strengths. Ask specifically, what are my unique strengths? you'll be amazed, right? And then you've got a place to start, right? So then it, it becomes, let me brainstorm how I may use those unique strengths in order to then, you know, catapult myself into my next career direction. Or even if you just want something temporary, right? Maybe you just want to go work as a barista for a few hours a week because you want to do something to get yourself out of the house, whatever it is, right? And that's where I think the work of a co coach can really help you, right? Is take a list like that and help you break it down and tra into translatable skills. I the second exercise. Oh, go ahead. No, I love that because I think just like those baby steps of just getting back out there in the world and having the social aspect and, and a way to keep your mind off of things is important too. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I rarely advocate big, long lasting decisions for people going through divorce. To me, it's like, don't go buy your next big house that you might not be able to afford, right? Like, please don't, please don't do that. Go rent a nice place for a while and just determine. No, we're, year, laughing. See what, we're laughing, but it's yeah. so true. I give that advice all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so the second exercise after you get some feedback is to sit down and really take some time. I use the Pomodoro method, which, you know, is, is a good writing method, which is basically 25 minutes on a timer with no distractions, focus on one task. That's all it is. The Pomodoro method saves me, has saved me for 20 years in, in productivity. But basically do a Pomodoro for 25 minutes and write down, write out from the moment you wake up to the moment you, to the minute you go to sleep, right? What does your perfect day look like? And you kind of do it in like, even like half hour increments, really. And here's what's amazing. It always requires at least two revisions. Because what inevitably, and the first time I did this, I did the same thing. 
I created a perfect day, quote unquote, but it was within the construct of what I had to do for my job. Right. So it was like, it was not perfect at all. So, and then you'll either do like a perfect Tuesday or like a perfect Saturday. Like those are two very, so what I mean by a perfect day, a perfect work day, assuming you're going to work, right. Assuming that you want to have a job and that you want to do something, whatever that may be, write out your perfect day. And that's another wonderful exercise to um, share with your coach because what, what easily happens, and this, this is what I think is amazing. I have a client who, who we've been working on this recently and she's on, she did her third revision and I think she finally nailed it for herself. Truly. What she realized is that, you know, she's, she's at the pinnacle of her career. She's got a high powered senior leader job and she has two children. And what she said was, I have, we do not sit down for dinner together as a family. Like even when they're with me, we don't, right? So she she easily identified within her day. What I want more of is I want more time with my kids. I want to be deliberate about that when they're here. They're teenagers, so they've got their own lives and they're doing a lot of stuff. And the other thing she said is I want to be outside more. I, I don't know why I can't, I compartmentalize. I've got a work day, so I'm just working. She said, I could easily take my 11 a.m. call as I walk around the forest preserve near my house and everyone will still hear me. I don't have to be on video. It doesn't matter. Right. And so it's just interesting when you start to go through that perfect day exercise, you will realize block by block how you're actually spending time and how you want to be spending time. Right. And it also goes, you know, hand in hand with taking back control of your life. Cause a lot of us go through the motions day by day, feeling like, we don't really have the control of what we have to do. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. And, and that's a good exercise in, in control, which equals confidence. I love that. That that couldn't be more poignant. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm learning so much on this call with you. And I also love how aligned we are in our practices. I'm so sure. grateful to have had the opportunity to introduce you to our audience, Andrea. Um, we love to end each episode with one piece of advice a quote or something that can help a mama moving on. Okay. Here's my favorite one. Life is a balance of making it happen and letting it happen. Writing that down. I love that. I'm going to say it one more time because I love it. Life is a balance between making it happen and letting it happen. I love the quote. I love it as we're talking about career. I think it could not be more poignant as you're talking about career destination after divorce, and also just your emotional state. Remember, it's about putting intention out there and letting things happen, letting the universe bring you abundance. And it's also about making things happen. It's about moving on. And that's, Michelle, the work you do and and what I admire so much about moms moving on. Thank you. You know, this this was amazing. And speaking of change, you have a bit of a rebrand happening. What can we expect? I do. I do. Thank you. Yeah. So my original business name is happily better after, and due to a trademark issue, I'm actually rebranding with my name. So we'll, I'll make sure to give it to you for the show notes, but my website will be andreajaver.com. You can find me on Instagram, Andrea E. Javer. Ellen is my middle name. So middle initial, um, and I'll make sure that all your, all of your uh, listeners can find me. Well, I can't wait that I can't wait for them to do that because there's a lot of value just even in your blog I was looking at, and I'm excited. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And for those of you listening, I hope you found this episode to be as insightful and helpful as I did. Also motivational. Like there was a lot of good nuggets in here. 
why don't you shoot me a link? Tell me what your favorite part was. Info at momsmovingon.com. You know, I love to hear from you. Also, you can request topic suggestions. Always down for those. For everybody, I hope you have a great week, a great day, a great everything. Keep moving on. Chat soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.